Welcome to Ew, That's Creepy podcast. What better way to celebrate October with our creepy cats than to talk about Ouija boards? In this episode, Melissa will tell Jackie the haunted history and origins of the Ouija board. Next episode, Jackie will share a few frightening Ouija board stories and encounters. Let's get creepy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to You Then Creepy Podcast. It's Melissa and Jackie here today to tell you another creepy story. And we are really excited to do this episode because we are in the peak of spooky season. So we have a spooky episode. We're here to bring a really on theme one. Melissa is going to be talking about the history and kind of the origins of the Ouija board. And then I'm going to be telling some Ouija board stories that I found online. Ooh. Ominous ooh. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much like clout around the Ouija board. Yep. Like you say Ouija board and you either immediately roll your eyes and are like, ugh, or you either immediately have a shiver go down your spine and are like, (gasps) Jackie and I always grew up definitely being told to never play with a Ouija board. It's not a game. Don't mess with that type of thing. So that has always been our opinion. We never have played one. Mom and dad, if you're listening, we really have never played one. And I've actually never seen one being played. I've I'm... never seen people play one. Me neither. I've only seen like an old antique one. I, I actually have never seen someone play either. Interesting. I'm also too, I'm not a huge history lover. It's not my total thing. But this was so fun to research. Like the history of the Ouija board, they should make it into a funny series or a comedy. Like whoever made What We Do in the Shadows should do something with the Ouija board because it just seemed, it was fun. So let's just (laughs) get into it. There are a few different factors that play into why the Ouija board was invented. The main thing was Well, first, there have always been what people called talking boards. And one way or another, people always believed throughout history that you could use wood, cardboard, paper, things like that to have a board and have a connection with the spiritual realm. So we don't know for sure who used the first talking board ever, But there are historical records dating back showing that in ancient times, leaders of Rome would attempt to use a talking board as a way to predict the next king or ruler. And in China, spirit writing has been popular in waves. Spirit writing is when a psychic goes into a sort of meditation and allows spirits to write messages through them. So before the actual Ouija board, there was many occasions throughout history of people trying to get in contact. In the mid to late 1800s, a new practice or belief system called spiritualism 
was becoming increasingly popular in the United States and in Europe. Spiritualism is the belief that spirits of the dead surround us on Earth and that they can find ways to communicate with the living. Obviously, that group needed tools to speak to the spirits, and that was how the talking board became so popular. And before you know it, spiritualism was just very, very popular, a wave around everywhere. During that time, it does make sense because they said, they, the articles I read said that in the 1800s and 1900s, lifespan was on average only 50 years. Obviously, because of illnesses, many women died during childbirth, everything like that. So that's why spiritualism became so popular because during these times, death was way more frequent, but it didn't make it any less difficult to deal with when someone you loved and and your family passed away. And that was really why spiritualism took over. There was also rising popularity in the early 1900s with the Fox sisters in the United States. If you don't know this story, I would definitely look into it. This is another one that's silly, but it's crazy. The Fox sisters were two sisters who claimed to receive messages directly from the spiritual realm. Psychics? They didn't, like, they didn't flat out say they were psychics. They just said that they knew of ways to communicate. And they would host seances and they would ask for knocks to be heard they would basically go through the entire alphabet and the ghost would knock at the letter and spell out a word that would take forever it became so popular that they actually started hosting many events they would be renting out theaters and whatnot and have these giant seances and people would pay to come see them it was a (laughs) spectacle As some of you can guess, the sisters were not totally honest. No, they weren't going everywhere and spirits were following them. They were using many different parlor tricks to pull off this show. It really was a show. But I even think they went on a tour of the United States. Which is what... Okay. (laughs) Come on, people. Which is what helped people... It really, again, pushed this need for... To just know, to communicate with the beyond. And with all of that circulating at the time, that is kind of, you know, the the crowd, the vibe of this time period. And that's really why the Ouija board came about. That's the vibe we would have lived in. Yeah, we were the original Fox sisters. <laughs> <laughs> this is our parlor trick. Welcome to this podcast. <laughs> Reincarnated. And at the time, you know, The Ouija board, of course, wasn't invented by a spiritualist icon. No, it was invented by a businessman who wanted to cash out. Of course. And, I mean, they were right. They saw this wave of spiritualism. They saw this wave of people trying to use devices. The talking board was becoming popular in spiritualistic groups. And there was some businessmen who kind of were like, we need to capitalize on this. We need to make a device that you can use directly and 
That is what everyone will start using. It'll be all the rage. What should it be? With the popularity of seances and the Fox sisters, spiritualists also were getting frustrated that they wanted to have more communication with the spiritual realm. They wanted to easily communicate with the spiritual realm. Everyone just wanted more. Give me more gifts. Give me more spirits. I want it now. (laughs) And with that, the talking board was about to be capitalized on. A man named Charles Kennard in the late 1800s pulled together four other business moguls and he proposed this idea and kind of told them, talking boards are all the rage. Spiritualism is so hot right now. We need to make something that we can market. And they basically just made a talking board and just made it into one product to sell. Like the Kleenex of the spiritualism community. They wanted just that product. So did they invent anything new? No, but they were businessmen who had the money to manufacture a bunch of talking boards. The board would be, as I'm sure many of you have seen, the alphabet. And it has, you know, the little hello, goodbye. And they used what we now call a planchette. You would put your fingers on it and the planchette would move to spell out the letters. As I said before, the Fox sisters were saying all the letters of the alphabet and the spirit would knock for each one. Using a talking board clearly was way quicker And people loved it. But the only problem was they didn't have a name for it yet. They needed a catchy name to sell this item. Talking board wasn't cutting it. What did they decide to do? Let's ask it what it should be called. Ooh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's kind of cool. The businessmen, along with a couple, I believe they had a couple like wives and some friends around all sat around their talking board with their fingers on the planchette and asked the board what it should be called. The board spelled out O-U-I-J. And the group asked it what it meant and the planchette simply moved to good luck and stopped. Wow, that's pretty (laughs) interesting. That's fun. Yeah, that is. That's cool. I like that little origin story. I know. Is it pronounced Ouija? (laughs) Or is that just how people say it? I wonder if that's what it was called then, because it doesn't look like... I'm pretty sure it's Ouija, and I don't know why we call it Ouija, because like in one of... Because it sounds cooler, because it somewhat rhymes. Yeah, it's fun. I'm pretty sure it's Ouija, because when I was reading the one article... It When it was specifically talking about how they named it, it said, like, contrary to popular belief, it isn't just we and ja, like we as in yes mm. as in French and yes as in, I believe, German. It's not just those put together. Like, it, there's a reason why it was called that. Some people do speculate that one of the players playing the game, I'm not going to get into this, one of the wives, I believe was playing and had a connection to, like, a famous, I think, feminist or someone who had a very, very similar name. So people Hmm. believe either on purpose she snuck that in there or even subconsciously. Either way, it's a Ouija board. Ouija board. 
Whatever you want to say. Yeah, either way, I like the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. Now, they had their name. The only other obstacle that they needed to get over was a patent. And in order to get a patent, you had to prove that the device worked and was legit. Oh. The chief patent officer requested that he would sign off on the patent, but the board had to spell out his last name and he didn't tell the group. So he was like, prove that it works. This is iconic. Uh The group all placed their little fingers on the planchette and it spelled out the officer's name. What was his last name? Was it difficult? I don't know. I don't Hmm. know that for sure. That's a good point. But it was I love I love this tale, though. The shaken up patent officer awarded the, they now had the company, the Kennard Novelty Company, the patent for a, quote, gamer toy. <laughs> and the Ouija board was born. <laughs> and I just wonder if he played it and was freaked out. It's still kind of funny. He was like, gamer toy. I still approve. Yep. Here's a quote from... The Smithsonian Magazine website, they had a really good article all about the history of the Ouija board that helped me get a lot of information. So definitely go read that. Quote, in February 1891, the first few advertisements started appearing in papers. Ouija, the wonderful talking board, boomed a Pittsburgh toy novelty shop describing a magical device that answered questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy and promised never-failing amusement and recreation for all the classes. A link between the known and unknown, the material and the immaterial. End hey, quote. first one sold in Pittsburgh. Whoop, 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 whoop. That's crazy. I did not know that. I know. Even the marketing of it. Like, how could you not buy one? A link between the known and unknown, material and immaterial. And I can only imagine, like, if you were in college, that would have been the perfect party starter at that point, or the perfect, like, gather up and get close, everyone. Like, just the perfect, I can see that being so cool. A hundred percent, yeah. You know there were probably so many guys who were like, let's just play the Ouija board, babe, curl up next to me. Yeah, for sure. And be like, oh, it's just a toy. <laughs> Ladies, if he ever pulls out a Ouija board, he's not the one. Run. <laughs> <laughs> Ask the board about him. <laughs> the Ouija board very quickly became a hot item. It was, you know... The rise of spiritualism, spiritualism, people were going to use it for legit purposes. There were a lot of spiritualists who were using the board for those purposes. There were also a lot of children and younger people just using it for the mystery, to see if it works, to see if it moves, everything like that. Interestingly, the Kennard Novelty Company wasn't required to disclose how the device worked or what made it work. They just had to prove that it did. And that's kind of the reason for their success. No one, they're never coming out and saying, this is how it works. This is why it works. Anything like that. They're just like, buy one and find out. That's pretty cool, though. And the marketing strategy clearly worked because... People still buy them. Still to this day. Just two years after the first board sold in Pittsburgh in 1881, 
the Kennard Novelty Company had already expanded to six U.S. factories and one London factory, all used to manufacture a Ouija board. Sheesh. I was like, in two years, they went from one to six U.S. and one in London. Crazy. I just imagine the devil's like, we finally got them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. The devil and all his minions. He's like, sit your ass down. Get aboard. Hurry right now. <laughs> they finally fell for it. <laughs> By 1898, the company decided to license the rights to make a talking board to other companies. So even more Ouija boards started to be produced because Kennard Novelty Company didn't have to be the only ones. And just Ouija boards were flying off the shelves everywhere. The marketing of the Ouija board, like I said, really boosted the popularity. Everyone thought it was just this mystical oracle of answers and whatnot almost like a magic eight ball back then they had no consequences playing the ouija board (laughs) everyone was unhinged (laughs) and it was marketed as almost a godly tool because spiritualism not just spiritualism but many people really pushed that you could have a seance and it was godly I even read that there were some seance parties before or after Sunday church services. Hey, turn up. (laughs) Yeah, they're like basically, there were also churches that would have services where they would hold open a space for spirits to come through with a message. They're like literally having open mic night through a Ouija board. (laughs) (laughs) They like have the board up. Anyone else have something they want to say? They want to spell out? And yet I still would have gone to all this. Yeah, I would have also. Another interesting fact about a Ouija board, not fact about the board, but something interesting through history is that, and kind of sad, anytime there's strife in America, anytime there's a difficult time with the economy, we're in a war, the rise in Ouija board sales is astronomical. During World War, oh my god. World War One in the 1910s and 1920s, Ouija boards skyrocketed in popularity. They even became a household game, like Clue in all those games. Norman Rockwell, the famous painter and artist who would make the Saturday Evening Post illustrations, even had an illustration of a man and wo- a woman playing a Ouija board in 1920. Oh, I bet that's super cool. It is really cool. I actually love that cover. If anyone who's listening doesn't know, Saturday Evening Post was a famous magazine. People say it's the face of American culture because if you think, especially of the 50s and 60s, you think of this illustration style before you even know that, you know, that's Norman Rockwell. So having a Ouija board on the cover just proves this was good old America. (laughs) During the Great Depression in the 1940s, new factories needed to be built in the United States to keep up with growing demand for the board. And a New York department store reportedly sold over 50,000 Ouija boards in just five months. Holy crap. People are obsessed. And that was during the Great Depression. So it's interesting that, like, it's sad, but it's crazy how during these times people cling to it even more. In 1967, during the heat of the Vietnam War, a growing hippie movement, a bunch of political factors, 
Over 2 million boards were sold and outsold Monopoly that year. That's insane. Even an episode of I Love Lucy featured the characters trying to host a seance using a Ouija board. (laughs) I know that was like just random stuff thrown in there, but I kept seeing these facts about how popular it was then. And I was like, damn, I didn't realize how much of a footing this had in American culture. Of course, with everyone loving the mystery behind the Ouija board, there were a couple stories popping up. People claiming that the Ouija board had told them things, inspired them things. A lot of people coming forward with messages from the Ouija board that they must act on. There were, I read about men joining the army because a Ouija board told them to. There were writers who would write and say that the Ouija board was telling them what to write. One person even claimed that Mark Twain himself communicated with them through the board and helped them write. And then there were just a lot of people also who were inspired by the board. Uh, Like I mentioned, making artwork, people who would write little spooky poems and things like that. Ouija boards were all fun and games. Everyone was loving them, eating them up. And then, as you know, a little movie came out. Have you heard of her? It's called The Exorcist. (laughs) I knew it. I knew. (laughs) Did they play a Ouija board in there? Yeah, that's how she gets... That's how she gets possessed with the demon. Oh, shit. I did not remember that. It's obviously at the I beginning. I literally do not remember that. Maybe because the beginning is so boring. Yeah. Like, so like, boring. In the desert and there's just like a spirit of some, a weird satanic symbol. Yeah. Yeah, it is boring. I'm pretty sure though she just plays it by herself in her house. And I don't even know if it's a board or if she made it one on paper. I can't remember, but Reagan. <laughs> that is how the main character, Reagan, gets possessed by a demon. She summons it through a Ouija board by mistake. After that movie came out, pop culture shifted from this mystical fun little game to this is no joke, a demon can come through the Ouija board. You are possessed as we speak. Return your Ouija board. (laughs) (laughs) The devil made you buy the board in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of funny, though, that sales were never impacted that much. Like, I'm sure that year they were. But after that, people then saw it as a hot ticket Halloween item, a spooky item. And even though the vibe shifted, people were still getting Ouija boards pretty often and loving to play them even now popular all the time i would say in the united states you can find a ouija board in a lot of toy stores probably any toy store there's movie so many movies that start with people playing ouija boards there's even a franchise just called ouija it's just like a symbol people recognize it everywhere Mm mm-hmm a paranormal symbol. Mm-hmm. But how do they work? It's also pretty interesting how they work. And I'm not going to say if you if you want to close out the episode now, if you're like, I know how it works, it's spirits. I'm totally fine with that because no one can say for certain how it works because no one knows for certain. Most people, though, most scientists and skeptics all point to the ideometer effect 
which is a long research phenomenon that occurs when our subconscious is giving instructions to our body that we are not actively thinking. Some examples that I found in the articles were when you jerk up from a dead sleep during a dream or when you see someone cry on TV and you cry, you're not actively doing that. You're not actively saying, cry right now, I'm very sad. You're not jumping up awake. But your subconscious is telling your body to do that before your mind is kind of catching up. The ideometer effect has always been the explanation that science poses for a Ouija board, and they have used multiple experiments to kind of prove that it is correct. Specifically, numerous experiments have shown players playing a Ouija board and being blindfolded. They'll have players play around for 20 minutes or so, and they'll be doing their thing, having a full conversation. And when they're blindfolded, they can't spell out words and sentences anymore, and they're not going crazy with the planchette. Which does prove, kind of, obviously, that in occasions, it's not a spirit. It's just the fact that subconsciously you're gathering around a group and you are expecting it to move. You're expecting for something to happen and you're secretly wanting something to happen and your subconscious projects that and everyone basically moves their fingers without realizing it. Skeptics also say that the ideometer effect is the same reason why dowel rods and dowsing rods work during paranormal investigations. Again, your subconscious is moving them without you realizing it. The craziest part I read is that the articles say that the people who try the most to like counteract this, the people who go into it and who are like, I will absolutely not move it no matter what are the people who are moving it because your subconscious is like trying so hard to fight and not move it that for some reason you end up moving the board. So your friend that swears I'm not moving it, like I literally am not even touching it, (laughs) is probably are the ones that are pushing it, barely. Which is really crazy when you think about it. Yeah, that is crazy. The one article that I linked below from Vox, V-O-X, stated that the most mysterious thing about a Ouija board is the unknown power of our subconscious mind. And there have been other experiments using a Ouija board where just one person will play and it's meant to test your subconscious. So, for example, there is an experiment where people have been asked a series of yes or no questions and then asked to rate how confident they were in their answers The same questions were asked to the same people and they would have to spell out their answers using a Ouija board. And they would say, like, let the Ouija board just tell you what the answer is. And 50% of the time without the board, the person was correct. So half and half. But 65% of the time when they used the board, they were correct. Hmm. So it's pretty crazy that your subconscious either knows the answer And you know it, or you're just not confident to say it, or you don't think you know it, and there's a small piece of your subconscious that really does know it. So whether you are a full believer in Ouija boards opening a connection to the spiritual realm, if you think it's fully ghosts, I am aboard with that. If you believe it's just the ideometer effect in 
boost wing. The board still invites you into a world of mystery. I'm not saying go out and play. Of course, no one can say 100% what your experience will be. But if you are a factual person who is like, no, there's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing as spirits. Why don't you play the Ouija board? See even what it could tell you about your own subconscious. Because, you know, a lot of people do. You could learn a little bit about yourself. That is crazy. That's a really good point. And it is like, even if you don't believe in ghosts, it's still crazy that we don't understand so much about consciousness. I could talk about that for literally forever. I know. When I read that Vox article at first, like the first couple sentences were so strong on there is no such thing and there is no ghost activity. And at first I kind of was like, meh. And then I read the article and I was like, oh, that's so interesting that our subconscious is so much powerful than we realize. Like our subconscious could almost be a whole other realm. I feel like that is a really good question. Even if there's not ghosts as we traditionally think them, what is subconscious? Yeah. Like what is deja vu? Exactly. Like what are the explanations for that? That's not normal. Right. And it's crazy. Like a group of people can team up with your subconscious and all push something without realizing it. All spell letters and spell sentences. Like Mm -hmm. that's still crazy. When you think about you're with a group, you're spelling out full sentences sometimes. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) We could go on a tangent. Let us know if you guys want like a tangent. (laughs) Yeah. Let us know if you just want to hear us bitch for three hours. We will. (laughs) If you guys want a subconscious episode, if you want kind of an episode like that, we could definitely do that. So let us know because Jackie and I really like that kind of shit. Agreed. Yeah. Totally let us know. But that is the history of the Ouija board. It was so fun. Like, I love that they're like, what should we call you? That was so crazy. I loved it. It was fun. And it just said, good luck. I know. Like, hmm, wonder what their subconscious were saying about that. I thought, too, I wonder if sales spiked during COVID. Because it said during times of strife, we really haven't had national strife like that in so long. I do wonder (laughs) if sales went up. Probably. Well, let us know if you guys knew that history. Let us know if you've played one. If you remember growing up, your family or anyone telling you their stories not to play. Just tell us everything about your Ouija board experience. Yeah, let us know. We really like when you guys tell us stuff on Instagram. We're at Ooh, That's Creepy Podcast. Come find us and come chat with us about the Ouija board. Yeah, or send us an email. But thank you guys so much for listening to Ooh, That's Creepy. I hope you're having a great October and a great spooky season. And thank you so much for listening. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Want to creep on us? Follow us on social media at Ew, that's creepy podcast, or send us an email at ew, that's creepy podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, creepy cats.